Hey everyone, welcome to Painless Universal, a conversation with me, Anne Welsh. Today's guest, I am extremely honored to have him participate on this conversation. He is the former president of Nigeria, President Olusegun Obasanjo. He is my mentor. He's someone that has taught me the true meaning of how to deal with pain. I needed to share this with you guys. I needed you to understand what pain means and how to find joy in your pain. Please welcome former president of Nigeria, leader of Africa, Baba of the world, President Obasanjo. I welcome you. Thank you. And welcome my my President Obasanjo. And welcome to thank you so much eh, for joining me on this conversation, my mentor and everything. And you know, as a sickle cell sufferer, I've always looked up to you because I believe that you've helped me overcome my own pain of sickle cell. You've helped me dealt with all the challenges along the way, such as finding a job, you know, keeping, keeping things going, having kids. I remember you always encouraged me saying, don't listen to what other, other people have to say about your health, about you not being able to have kids. If you want it, go ahead and do it, but just be cautious. You always want me, which is something I admire about you, uh, President. But I wanted to first you to tell me about your most memorable mem moments of when you've ever known pain, when you suffered pain. Which, what, mem what, mem what memories trigger in your mind when you've ever suffered pain? Um, thank you very much, uh, Anne. Um, let me begin by my understanding of definition of pain. Mm -hmm. It could be physical, yes. it could be mental, it could be psychological, it could be emotional suffering. Um, but whichever way it comes, pain is unpleasant. And um, I, very early in my life, because of my background, mm. uh, I was born and bred in a village where we had very little. Mm. So if you like, you can say I started life on the rock, as they say in my part of the world, yes. uh, that when things are hard for you, mm. they say you start life on the rock or your life is on the rock. Um, but like I keep saying to some people, I say when you look at it uh, realist realistically, it's better to be on the rock mm. rather than to be on a marshy ground. Mm. Because on the rock, you still have something to mm. 
Yes. If you are on marshy ground, you are sinking. <laughs> Even when you are struggling to get out, <laughs> you are still sinking. Wow, that's a good one. But uh, seriously, mm. I think the rock on which we stand, even when we are suffering pains of all sorts, mm. it's the religious uh, ground, yeah. the spiritual ground, the Christian ground, mm. or the believer's ground. If um, you are a believer in other uh, uh, religion. Mm -hmm. Now, that is very, very important. Something to hold on to. Yes. And faith, I put it that way, is very important. Now, so, in very early in my life, the first experience I had of really suffering was things turned sour for my father. I was born and bred in the village. My father was a good farmer. And suddenly, he had a change of fortune. And everything just went down. And I had difficulty paying school fees. I had to decide whether to remain in school and work for myself, to sustain myself in school, which was not easy. Um, and I chose, rather than to pull out of school, to remain in school and do the, what it, whatever it took to keep myself in school. Now, the, 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 the mental attitude to pain, mm really matters much. Yes, Mental attitude matters much. Now, any pain that you may have, you make it worse by the mental attitude to show to it. Mm. And you are mm. a sickler. Yes. But since I've been talking to you and you have, you and I have been yeah. uh, uh, interacting on this, you have taken it and you haven't blamed anybody for it. No. Right? Yeah. I know a lady like you mm. who is a sickler and she never stopped blaming his father or blaming her father and her mother that they were the one who made her to be what she uh, had been, who made her to suffer this incurable pain. Mm. Now, that is a wrong attitude. Mm. With that type of attitude, you never get out of it. It becomes, in fact, you are suffering double pain. Yes, 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 yes. The pain that you suffer as a sickler, yeah. And the pain that you suffer by yeah. blaming your parents yeah. for it. Now, I've talked about yeah. my own stress mm. and difficulty. Mm. Uh, 
in school. Then I, everything, I left school, everything seemed to be going fairly well for, my, for me and uh, uh, except I lost my father and my mother very early in life. My mother died in 1958 while I was still training to be an army officer. Uh, in 1960, my father died painful. Yes. Very, very painful. That's a lot of pain. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, particularly for my mother, yeah. who uh, I was away uh, in, 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 United, uh, in the United Kingdom when my mother died. Mm. And um, I wasn't sure what happened. Mm. Was it because he didn't have enough care, care uh, or attention because I was the firstborn and the only uh, and the, the, the firstborn and one of two children, two surviving children of my mom. Now, but what made me happy was the letter that was written to me when my mother died. Uh, my cousin who wrote the letter said, "Look, the money you sent to your mother, we found it." intact in and we use it to perform all the funeral ceremony for your mother. Mm. Now, so that gave me mm. uh, comfort yeah. that, oh no, it was not that my mother didn't have money mm. or wasn't looked after that he died, she died. Mm. If the money that I sent to her was found intact, and was used to in all the ceremony for the uh, funeral of my mother. Then I take solace in the fact that, okay, uh, whatever I could do to sustain my mother mm. um, was done. Now, so really I didn't have any hang up or any feeling of guilt or any feeling of not uh, doing for my mother or uh, similarly for my father when they died. Of course, painful that uh, you, you uh, lost my father and my, yeah. my, my father. Mm -hmm. Now, but the worst of all was when having uh, I fought in the war front mm -hmm. and in the war front I was shot. Mm -hmm. uh, painful. Yes. Uh, uh, but I was a commander of a, 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 a battalion, I'm sorry, of a division mm. in a, a, a civil war. Mm. And anytime the soldiers in my division were moving, mm. I tried to move with them, mm. uh, just to encourage them. Yeah. Uh, on this occasion, on, the, the, on, on this particular occasion, the brigade commander didn't even know where his own men were. I couldn't move with them the, 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 the day before when they moved. So in the morning of the following day, I was there. I said, Brigade Commander, where are your men? Mm. Um, he was saying, oh. So he didn't really move with them. So he moved as he was taking us. He took us beyond the front line where his men were. Yeah. And we were in the hands of the rebels, as we call the, uh, uh, the, the, the the Biafran soldier. Mm -hmm. And um, they shot at me. Four of my uh, uh, 
bodyguard died on the spot, and I, 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 I suffered. Now, what did I do? Mm. I had to pretend as if I didn't have physical pain. Because if you are a commander in the field, mm. and you make your troops to know that you have become a casualty of some sort, yes. then it will demoralize the entire division. That's true. But I wanted to know what really happened. I was uh, wounded. Mm. So I went to the hospital. And in the hospital, I did it. I pretended as if nothing had happened to me. Mm. I pretended I was inspecting the soldiers who were in the hospital. Mm. And then I went from there to have my x-ray, to look at my wound, to get my wound washed and, uh, 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 and dressed. And it was later that my soldier knew that, oh, our commander was wounded, but he was strong. Yeah. Now, so I bore the pain. Mm. I bore the pain in a way mm. that it, I did not allow it yes. to have uh, the literal the, the effect on, on my uh, on my formation, my, on my soldier. Mm. And um, the information that went to Lagos was that I was wounded and Lagos panicked. And I had to call them and say, look, mm. yes, I, I, I was wounded, but I was uh, all right. Now, again, how do you handle pain? Yes. As you rightly said. Yes. How, how do you how how do you, yes, how do people get through it? How do you, how, how, how do you handle pain? Yeah, pain yeah. is part of living, part of our life. Yes. The Bible mm. in uh, uh, John chapter uh, 16, verse 33, Jesus mm. Christ said, look, mm. you will have trouble. Yeah. You will have tribulation. Mm. You will have pain. Yes. Uh, I'm telling you that because I have overcome, you too will be overcomers. That is the way I, I, I take it. You must be overcomer of pain, of stress, of trouble, yes. of tribulation. Mm. And uh, Peter said, look, um, you are giving these pains and these tribulations to strengthen you just as you get the best out of gold by putting it in fire. Now, when you go through pains, it's a way of making you better, making you purer, making you a, a, a better child of God to be able to serve humanity whichever way you want to serve humanity. And by serving humanity, to be able to serve your God. Yeah. Now, so okay. the first thing, the first thing, uh, and yeah. attitude. Mm. Your attitude must be right. Mm -hmm. And there's no, nothing that happens to you that hasn't happened to anybody before. That's true. You won't be the first it will happen to. Mm -mm. And you won't be the last it will happen to. 
Yes. Now, how you handle mm. it is what makes the difference. I like this uh, old saying that mm. your attitude determines your altitude. Yes. And your attitude must be right. And the Bible, which I believe very strongly in as a yes. Christian, mm -hmm. uh, lays out for me what my attitude should be in almost all situations. Mm -hmm. And the Bible still says, in all situations, in all circumstances, give thanks. He didn't say, in good circumstances, give thanks. In bad circumstances, don't give thanks. In all situations, in all circumstances, give thanks. Now, we must thank God, and we must even thank the people around us. Yes. That is also important. Mm -hmm. What sort of people do you have around you mm. when you are suffering pain? I have seen yours. Yes. And again, uh, you won't mind me saying this no, I uh, in public. No, I, I saw the attitude of your husband Yes. when you and I were on a on trip together on this yes. night. Yes, yes. And you, your, your pain came to the fore. Yeah. My assistant said to me, ah, sir, why do we have a lady like this in our hand? Yeah. Yeah. Your husband came immediately. Yes. And I will never forget that. He accepted, because the very first day he met me, he said, Anne, who has no problems? I was afraid to tell him I had sickle cell. And he yeah. said to me, look at me. I've been married. I have two kids. I also have my own problem. I have my own pain yeah. to deal with. Yeah. So what is, what is the difference with your own pain? It's just illness. We'll get by it together. Yeah. And he never, he stopped by that word. So your attitude, and then the attitude of the people around you. That's true. That's now, it is very, very important. Mm. I remember when I was in prison, and yeah. that, was, that, that was very, very, very bad. I've been head of state. Yes. The head of my country, and now in prison. Now, I did not allow it to worry me at all. Wow, how? I did not allow it to worry me at all. Yeah. The first day that I was pronounced uh, guilty and to be imprisoned, I said to myself, this is not Nigeria, Nigeria as a country doing this to me. Yes. This is not God doing this to me. It's one man. Jeez. And the one man is Abacha, mm. who had decided that he wanted to perpetuate himself in power, mm. and I would be a stumbling block. So yeah. he had to get rid of me. Mm. If not physically, at least I must be put in isolation, away from where I can be uh, a hindrance uh, of some sort to him. Now, and uh, so I put it immediately behind me, and then I was put in a place called the detention center. Mm. And I was saying to myself, okay, what now can I do? Mm. The only thing that I could, 
that was made available to me was the Bible. So I started reading the Bible, studying the Bible in the, uh, in the center. I was in the center for almost three months before eventually I was taken to George prison. And in George prison, I decided, okay, look, what I have to, I want to do is uh, study law. Yeah. Um, so that my mind will be occupied. Yeah. My mind will be positively and um, progressively occupied. Another thing is your mind must not be empty. Uh, let me put it the way Idi Amin put it. Your mind <laughs> said he has come with an empty mind. Your mind, you don't come with an empty mind. You must come with a full mind. Your mind must be <laughs> positively engaged yeah. and, uh, and full. Mm. Now, unless I decided I was going to study law, um, I called the uh, University of George. They said, oh, yes, you can study law if you are uh, from here. But then they had to take permission from the man who put me in prison. Mm. Uh, and when they sent message to Abuja, uh, Abacha said, what? This man hasn't studied law. He, he, he gave me trouble. If he studied, if he studied, uh, if he studied law, oh. it, will, it will be impossible. Yeah. So he cannot study law. So yeah. now my first effort to even keep my mind engaged and occupied was uh, aborted. So I didn't stop there. I no. said, all right, if I cannot study law, what can I do? Um, let me study Hausa language. Uh, although I, I have picked up a bit of Hausa uh, in, in the military, but not good enough. Now, I started that within less than a month. I was moved out of uh, Jaws to uh, Yola. And in Yola, oh yes, I couldn't, uh, in fact, my isolation was more uh, complete than in Jaws. So I said, all right. Um, so what did I do? I became more or less, because Yola prison was more primitive. Uh, more undeveloped than the church prison. So I had a first aid box. In my first aid box, I had all the pain relievers, iodine and um, uh, uh, thalassol, the, the sort of little thing that you uh, have. And of course, uh, prisoners, they will have caught malaria and all that. So even though the order, the instruction was that I should be isolated, mm. by virtue of the role that I play, one every day, two or three uh, prisoners will come, the one that wants something for headache, the one that wants something for uh, diarrhea, and I became an uncertified doctor in the prison. So the isolation that they wanted for me to have, it did not work. Mm. And after that, of course, I started to uh, read and write. I wrote five books in the space of uh, three and a half years in the prison. 
And um, I remember President uh, Clinton reading one of them, the one I titled This Animal Called Man. And he said, it's a classic. Yeah. Um, uh, then uh, another thing happened. I, 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 I discovered a patch of land in the prison, and it was not used, but it was uh, a little bit sandy. Mm. I told the, I asked the prison authority, I said, can I use this for uh, uh, planting maize? And they said, nobody has ever planted maize within the prison. I said, okay, let me try. Yeah. They said, okay, you will, you, we will allow you, but what are you going to use? I said, cutlass and hose. They say, no, you cannot keep your cutlass and hose with you um, because you may want to endanger your life. I say, well, keep the cutlass and hose with you uh, in your office. And when I need it, give it to me. When I finish using it, take it again. Yeah. And then and I grew no. meat that I used to feed everybody, everybody, every prisoner and every prison official got a cup of maize from my farm. Wow. I kept myself occupied, even though I was a prisoner. And then to mm. cap it off, to cap it off, in uh, Kirikiri uh, prison in Lagos, what they call maximum security prison, some white garment uh, uh, Christian um, movement went there and then they took extra white garment when they were going in and they used that to get some prisoners out of uh, the prison. Yeah. And after that, the prison authorities throughout the country said, no uh, outside uh, uh, preacher should come to the prison. So I then became the preacher <laughs> in Yola prison. And um, we used to meet for one hour under a nice tree. And I decided that, look, if they don't buy, can we build a small place and call fellowship room? Yes. And that fellowship room is in Yola prison till tomorrow. Wow. Now, I kept myself occupied. occupied. I kept myself busy. Mm -hmm. I kept interacting with people. Yeah. And one of this uh, will interest you, uh, Anne. Yeah. One of those that I met in Yola prison, they call Baba Ali. Baba Ali used to be the leader of the armed robbers in the north, yeah. in the northern part of Nigeria. They, they know themselves. They yeah. call themselves Arewa boys. And when I met Baba Ali, I called him one day. I said, Baba Ali, come, let us talk. And he said, Baba, what, what do you want us to talk about? Mm. I said, about, uh, about your life, about uh, uh, your salvation. He said, Baba, don't worry yourself. God can never forgive me uh, because I've killed so many people in my life. I've drunk the blood of so many people in my life. Yeah. I've eaten the flesh of so many people in my life that God can never forgive me. And then I left him with it and uh, I started wow. 
trying to draw him to me. Mm. So I said to him, Babali, all that you have said is that you are a murderer. Yeah. If you have killed four, uh, one million people, you are a murderer. Mm. If you kill one, you are a murderer. Mm. Moses was a murderer. Mm. Do you know that? And yet, God used him mm. yes. to get the okay. children of Israel out of slavery yeah. in Egypt. David was a murderer. He killed Uriah. And yet, God called him a man after my heart. I said, look, you haven't done anything worse than these two. And yet, God forgives them. God used them for his purpose. That's true, yeah. And you will not believe. Mm. I told Baba Ali then, I said, look, when, then he started coming to fellowship. I was leading the fellowship. And I promised him, I said, Baba Ali, if you leave prison, and I leave prison, and you want to be, uh, you want to go to Bible school, I will send you. Mm. I left prison before Baba Ali. Mm. About two years after I've left prison and I've become president, mm. Baba Ali left prison. And he found me out. He mm. came to look for me. Today, Baba Ali is a pastor mm. in the Baptist yeah. church yeah. in Kaduna. Yeah. His brother, mm. who followed his footstep yeah. as, an arm, as an arm robber, also joined him to become a pastor. No way. The wife who had left him, she came back. Mm. And so wherever you are, whatever may be your pain, mm. you can get over it yeah. and be positively engaged. And that is what matters. What about when you're head of state? When, when you, I was, I mean, when, you, no, when, when you were the president, I mean. <laughs> yeah, when I was president. Yeah, see, so, yeah. I, I, I think what I would say, I, I had uh, a, a vice president who was not totally loyal. Okay. And, I, uh, and, and that, that can be painful. Yeah. Um, you have taken somebody to be your right hand man, to be, uh, to work uh, with you. And um, so I said, well, that's all right. Um, I get, left him to do what he has to do. Mm. And I was going about my uh, own, yeah. but I, I did not uh, stand in his way. Uh, he decided even to leave the party on the platform of which we all came into government yeah. and go to another party uh, to contest election on his own. Uh, and all that. But at the end of the day, I forgive him. Yeah. And uh, yeah. about about two two, two years ago, mm. when he wanted to contest the election, mm. he came to me. Mm. And, uh, but the point is that you have in, in, in pain, mm. you have to show love. Your attitude the attitude of the people around you, mm. and of course, in any situation, 
you must give thanks to God and you must show love. Love of God yeah. and love of your fellow human beings. Particularly those who probably are in the same situation with you. Yes. Now, I, I, I saw the book you wrote, uh, and yeah. that book is very, very useful. I have given it to a few people who are in, sim in similar situation that you are in, and I know what they have, uh, how it has helped them. Now, you are in pain, and you call it uh, painless. Uh, painless. Living with pain. And living in uh, with pain, with pain, and finding joy. Yeah, and finding joy. Yeah, and, and that is what is important. Mm. Again, joy is different from happiness. Mm. Yeah, joy is induced from from in from within. Yes, and I I I I, I, I said to people that it will be people will say you are mad if you say you are in prison and you are happy but i was in prison and i had joy yes yeah because you made your life joyous yeah yeah you can have pain yeah. and have joy yes you may not be happy but you will have joy that's true that's true i i, and, and, and that is very important yes yes, yes. i was yes. in prison and I had joy. Wow. And anytime I say to people, I say, look, they're different. It was in the prison that I realized that they're different between happiness and joy. Yes, yes, yes. And you must, you are born to have joy. Joy, yes. That is what God wants you to have. That's true. Yeah. To have joy. You may have pain. You may have trouble. You may have tribulations, you may have stress, but you are born to have joy. Yes. But and you are the architect. God will help you. Mm. You are the architect yes. of having joy and living a worthwhile life, no matter the circumstances you find yourself in. Paul was, we didn't know what Paul, St. Uh, Paul in the Bible, mm. we didn't know what he had, mm. but he kept saying that he had something that he wished he had not had. And it did not stop him in, in his way yeah. of doing all the things he did. Yes. Of writing more books in the Bible than anybody else. That's true. Of doing more for Christianity than anybody else except for Jesus Christ himself. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's, uh, there's a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, Anne, mm -hmm. I want to thank God for your own life. Yes. And I want thank to you. thank God for the life of those around you, yes. particularly your mom yeah. and your husband. And I hope now your children as well. Yeah, yeah. But why, Keefin, I know you're, you're a very busy man, but I need to ask you, we, we're going through COVID pain right now, right? We're going through Black Lives Matters. A lot of people right now in this world are in pain. How would you, what, what would your advice be as someone who's lived through this life 
you know, you've understood various stages of our life. What, what, what would you say to our youth, the young people, younger than myself, like myself, that are in pain from history and from this um, COVID-19 that no one, there's not yet a cure? Um, and mm -hmm. I have had to talk to young people mm -hmm. uh, on this a couple of occasions. Mm -hmm. The situation we are in now is very unusual. It's not a common situation. Oh, okay. And um, uh, a young man said to me the other day, he said, I read in the Bible about plague. It is now I know what they talk about mm. with this uh, COVID-19. Yes. I said, yes. Now, what can we do? I said, first of all, we must analyze and know what is fact, what is fiction, uh, what is fiction. Mm. what is real, what is unreal about the situation we are in. And when you go through uh, social media, oh, you find a lot of things, a lot of things, mm. some unpleasant, some uh, uh, despairing, mm. some, uh, only very few give mm. you a bit of hope. Mm. Now, the first thing I believe we all have to do, and particularly the young people, as you said, is to know what is fact, what is reality, and what is not fact. Mm. Now, I don't know if anybody till today can say with absolute certainty mm. where this has come from, with absolute certainty. Mm. Nobody can say with absolute certainty this is the cure. Yes. Now they tell us how to prevent it. Yeah. Now, but I believe that look, what can we learn? Mm. And that is the thing. What can we learn from experience? What can we learn from experts? What can we learn from uh, uh, previous uh, situations like this? Maybe not as global as now. The last global one was about hundred years ago, what they call Spanish flu. Yes. Now, the world has changed a lot in a uh, hundred years, a lot. Mm -hmm. But we had Ebola, mm -hmm. we had SARS, we had MARS and all that. Now, what can we learn from them? That is the first thing. Then we can say, we can come up and say, look, what do we need and what are the changes that will be there. Mm. First, we need food. Mm. During and after uh, coronavirus, mm. we need food. Yeah. Coronavirus has not allowed people to go into food production as they would have done in some parts of the world, definitely in my own part of the world. And the rainy season is going. Mm. So, how do we make sure we get food that we need, mm. especially six months from now and beyond? Mm. That is something that must engage mm. the, uh, every one of us, particularly the young people. Mm. 
we need food, employment. Now, people will lose jobs. Yes. Now, if in a country like America, they are talking of almost 20 million people losing jobs, then you can take it that this is a very, very serious issue. Mm. Not only for America, but for all of us in the world. Mm. And particularly all of us in the developing world where we had problem of unemployment and youth unemployment even before uh, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Now, we need, uh, then what can we do? And I said, for us, young and old and all, whatever we can do in food production, in food uh, uh, preparation, uh, we must do. Whatever we can do is uh, creating employment. And one area where employment can easily be created is in the area of agribusiness, which is the value chain from uh, 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 um, equipment for land preparation up to the food on the table. Now, we need to work on that. And that is something that you, you I always say, say about food, that look, the dress you wear today, mm. you can wear it tomorrow. Yes. The food yes. you eat today, yeah. you cannot eat that food again tomorrow. You can eat similar food, but you must eat another food tomorrow. Yes. Now, and that means food must always be there. Then I said, for a country like our own, um, young people must be thinking of what are the substitutes that we should have. Should we continue to have fertilizer? Can we continue to have, get money? Because there will be scarcity of foreign exchange. Yes. So what are the substitutes that we can look for? Substitute for fertilizer. Substitute for other things that we can do without. Even what luxury item can we substitute mm. for, uh, with ordinary mm. uh, things? So I talk of food, I talk of employment, I talk of substitutes, and then I talk of raw material. Can we look for local raw material to take place uh, of what we have been importing, because there will be money for a lot of importation. And of course, the world will change. What we, you and I yeah. are using now, Zoom, yeah. was, was not there three years ago. No. Now the world will go more and more and more digital. Yes. Artificial intelligence, mm. digitization, Mm. Um, uh, robots, mm. uh, automation. Now, how can young people get involved in this? Now, outsourcing. Now, all these are things that young people can take advantage of. Mm. They have to be uh, empowered. Okay. Wow. They have to be uh, 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 skilled. 
they have to be provided with opportunities yeah. to be able to take advantage of the situation that we find ourselves and the, and the situation that will come after uh, coronavirus. Well, that's a, that's a powerful message because I think this will touch my, myself. I didn't even think about it, but I've not been shopping for ever since this started, but I've been eating. It's true. You can't live without it. But what about this Black Life Matters, our Black Day and Pain? What, just a, a short advice, what would you just tell them how to really calm themselves or what advice would you tell them? Because it's, um, it's a serious issue going around the world, especially in the West where I am right now. Mm. Uh, say that again, um, and I didn't hear you well. No, I said, you know, the black lives, the black uh, lives matter. What would be your thoughts on that? Any advice to them to... Uh, the, the, the thing in the US. Yes, and you can now, it's going to happen around, or you just don't have any comment on that one. On that one. I, 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 I think... Um, we, 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 we must not deceive ourselves. Mm. World is a world of prejudices, biases, and determination. Some of us are able to suppress our prejudices and biases more than others. Some of these prejudices and biases are inherited. Some we pick up from the environment in which we live. But the only thing that can overcome all this is love. There is no substitute for love. Now, if you take it that you and your neighbor, whether your neighbor is white, brown, or black, is a human being like you, mm. and God who created him or her is the same God that creates you as you are. And again, I will go back to my own faith. My holy book said, God creates us in his own likeness. Now, if I am created in God's image and likeness, and you are created in God's image and likeness, for what reason should I not love you? And if the purpose of my being in life is the purpose for which God has created me to be here in the world is to serve humanity and to serve God. What can I do to show that I am a suffer of humanity and a suffer of God? Except love. And Jesus Christ said, look, all the laws all the regulations which he has not come to abolish mm. can be summed in two laws. Mm. Love God mm -hmm. with all your heart, 
with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the greatest attribute that God has and he has given to us, he has endowed us with, is the attribute of love. And if we have love and we show love, then most of the problems that, that are uh, going around the world will, um, will fizzle out mm. and disappear. Love. Love. And again, love. President Bassinger, I think this is it. This is amazing. I can't thank you enough. Thank you.